the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. And we are broadcasting live from the Creation Museum, Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati. And uh, it has been such a delight to be here today. Um, Such incredible hospitality. And my host today uh, has been Mark Loy. Mark is one of the three co-founders of Answers in Genesis. Mark Loy, it is such a privilege to welcome you to the program again. Good to uh, be back, and I think we've known each other for some 20 years. Oh, at least that long. So thank you for the opportunity. At least that long. About 20 years, I think it was your 70th birthday. My goodness. 20 years ago. We're starting off on this kind of a foot, huh? (laughs) (laughs) My birthday is on Sunday, and I'm going to be 68. So unless you want to do some carbon dating. I got you. I got you beat. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. And when was your anniversary? Yesterday or the day before? It was April 6th. I married the beautiful Renee. Yeah. And uh, we met in San Diego, married in San Diego, California. On the beach? Uh, Not on the beach. No. In a a regular church. (laughs) Oh, did you ask if we met on the beach? No, no, no. no. It was the wedding on the beach. I mean, San Diego, why didn't you get married on the beach? My son got married on the beach last year. Sunset Beach. Just north of downtown San Diego. I I know exactly where Sunset Beach is. All right. Well, Mark Loy is one of the three co-founders of Answers in Genesis, and we have been friends for a long time. And it's really a privilege to have you on the program, Mark. Uh, So much I want to ask you, so much I want to talk about. But on Fridays, it's normally open phones. But I insisted today that if anyone called, it would be on topic. Well, a regular caller is Al in Westerville. And I understand that Al wants to talk about the Ark. Uh, Al, the original Ark, were you, were you there, or you mean the Ark in Kentucky? Well, uh, the original Ark, when I went back there and I kind of gave Noah some, uh, <laughs> some pointers <laughs> in the Wayback Machine, like uh, Mr. Peabody. Yeah. But, uh, Al, meet, Al, meet Mark Loy. Oh, and well. uh, what Mark about, Rice what Rachel. do you... What did you want to talk about with the uh, the Ark Encounter? Well, one of the things when uh, I took my children to the uh, Creation Museum uh, probably about 15 years ago, they kept asking about dinosaurs. And I think that's the one thing that uh, a lot of uh, children, young, pe- young people, and even adults wonder, you know, where, what happened to the dinosaurs? How did they get on the Ark? And uh, how did they fit? What did they eat? And... Uh, you know, there's there's always been this fascination with dinosaurs. So maybe we can have more of a biblical perspective as to uh, how they uh, got on the ark. Well, I, there, there is all kinds of stuff here about that. Uh, 
We should have asked that question with one of my previous guests. They're the educated ones. Yeah, I'm just the pretty face of the ministry. <laughs> That's why I'm on radio. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, me too. I told all the time I have a face for radio. Do you want to tackle that at well, all? Okay. And, Al, thank you for your question. Now, I'm not a trained no theologian. I'm not a, a scientist. But let me say a couple of things about dinosaurs. And uh, if you come to the Creation Museum here in northern Kentucky, we have several exhibits devoted to explaining that dinosaurs were land animals created on day six Mm -hmm. of creation, the same day as humans. So uh, accepting that that was a 24-hour day in in Genesis, the word yom with a number, and the phrase evening and morning means a 24-hour day. That means that dinosaurs were created just before humans. Now, there's all sorts of scientific evidence we can study today that will help explain that dinosaurs did not die out 65 million years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the traditional story told by evolutionists. And the one thing that I can cite, and we bring that up here in the Creation Museum, is that dinosaur fossils have been found increasingly in the last 20 years. Fossils dug up from the ground, like the one in Montana, of a T-Rex, and the bone uh, of the T-Rex was opened up, and there were soft, uh, soft tissue in it with actually blood vessels, elastic. I mean, that creature could not have died out 66 million years ago. It would have yeah. dried up right. uh, by then. So it, that creature was around relatively recently, which is evidence that humans and dinosaurs uh, coexisted. Now, that's, a, that's in today's um, culture, that's a shock for people to even consider right. that right. possibility. Now, Bob, I'm a, I'm a former evolutionist. I used to believe that dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago, perhaps in that, in a so-called asteroid strike in in, in the Yucatan uh, Peninsula, until I started using my critical thinking ability, looking at both sides of the creation-evolution question. See, I thought it was because of SUVs. Oh, they died out because... Because of SUVs, polluting the atmosphere. That's why. That's how dinosaurs died out. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, what school did you go to? (laughs) I've never heard that. <laughs> I was wondering, where in the world are you going well, yeah, with yeah. this one? Um, mm. But, uh, in, in fact, we're sitting in a lobby right here in the Creation Museum. And you, you see right in front of us here exhibits on dragon legends. Right. And many right. of them, uh, these dragon legends, sound like dinosaurs. Absolutely. And these are recorded by, by humans. Right. So it, it's circumstantial evidence, but there's a lot of good circumstantial evidence that dinosaurs have been around recently. Yeah. Now, people can go to our website and get all sorts of articles on that topic. Just go to answersingenesis.org. So please do that, Al. All right, Al. Thanks. Appreciate it. it. All no right. Problem. God bless you. Anytime, Bob. All right. Thanks. Uh, Mark Loy is one of the three co-founders of uh, the Creation Museum. And I've heard this story, but I would love for my listeners to hear the story. How did three people in Southern California get the idea to build a multi-million dollar museum in the middle of nowhere in Northern Kentucky? That does not compute. (laughs) It really does. Where did that come from? And, and, And walk us through 
sure. how it came from vision to reality. Well, the other question, too, that we get quite often is the three founders are still working together 28 years <laughs> later. It's yeah, but a, you told me at lunch that you never see each other. Well, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> Ken Ham is on the road a lot. And the other founder, Mike Zovath, who, by the way, lived for many years in Columbus. And, and you knew Mike in, uh, yeah, in Bible we went College. Yeah, we went to college together. But Mike lives about, uh, works about five miles from the Creation Museum. So... We get along because we don't see each other all that much. But to, to answer your question more seriously, uh, back in the early 90s, uh, Ken Ham, well, actually late 80s, uh, Ken Ham had moved from Australia, that's his native right. land, to San Diego to work with uh, kind of a cousin ministry of ours called the Institute for Creation Research. Right. And I had known Ken a little bit before Ken moved here. And so he remembered me from the early You're 80s. You're originally from Australia. Yeah, you lost I, all the accent. Yes, I, I was four or five when I when I left, but I I can I still like Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> I can put on an Australian accent. So yeah. Ken and I actually first met in the early '80s, and when he moved here, he had the desire when he moved from Australia to build a creation museum. He he originally thought he would build it in Australia, in Queensland, hmm. but when Ken moved here, his dream of a creation museum. And we're inside the fulfillment of his dream right, right, right. now. Uh, and then the third person was Mike Zovath, uh, again from Columbus. And he had just retired from the Army as a lieutenant colonel, as I believe, and had moved to San Diego. And he, it was a friend of a friend. And before you know it, the three of us are starting to think about starting a new ministry called Answers in Genesis. A ministry of apologetics. Mm-hmm. Now, the word apologetics doesn't mean apologizing for right, anything. Right. It means defending the the Bible. Right. The three of us had a passion for building some kind of a center, a creation museum, and we quickly found out, Bob, that right here in our Cincinnati, North Kentucky area, almost two thirds of Americans could drive to this spot in one day. That's the main reason we moved from San Diego. Nothing to do with the weather. We did not move here for the weather, but we wanted we wanted to. Be, and it wasn't to be just close to the Buckeyes. Oh, do you want to get going on that? No, one? no, 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 no. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up in the Los Angeles area. Well, USC well, so Trojans. I. So did I, but I'm a Buckeye. We, All right, USC Trojans, Ohio State. We did not like, get along very well. No, but uh, we wanted it to be easy to get to, and so we packed up our bags 28 years ago, almost right about this time. So Ken, Mike, and myself moved out here to start up Answers in Genesis with the goal of building and opening a creation museum. See, now I had forgotten that. So you moved Answers in Genesis, the headquarters, here before you built the museum. Yes. See, I thought it was the other way around. I thought you moved here strictly because of the museum. Well, we knew we wanted to build a museum when we started the ministry. It it was going to take a lot of years to raise tens of millions of dollars right, to right. open up this high-tech place. But what we did is that the initial uh, part of our ministry, we did seminars all over the country, large events. Right. And these people heard of our future creation museum. They gave us their name and address, and we would mail them brochures about the future museum. Those are the people who became our donors. This, this large museum here, 75,000 square feet on 75 acres, this was all built by donations. So when we opened up here, when we opened up, we were debt-free. 
And that's because people all over the country had heard about us through the live teaching events we had conducted. All right, we've got to take a break. We are visiting with Mark Loy, one of the three co-founders of Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Bob Bernie Live. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. And we are here at the Creation Museum. And seated next to me is Mark Loy, an old friend and uh, one of the three co-founders of Answers in Genesis. All right, you gave us a little bit of the Genesis of the Creation Museum. Now let's turn our attention to the ark. (laughs) What in the world prompted you? How many millions of board feet of Bodhi this morning in his lecture talked about how many millions of board feet? And when they began looking for lumber, people would say, what are you building, an ark? As a matter of fact, yes. (laughs) Well... The Ark is uh, 45 minutes from here, the Creation Museum, where we're recording. And if you took all the pieces of wood there and laid them end to end, it would run from Cincinnati to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's how much wood is, uh, wow. is there. It's, My it's a huge ship. It's 510 it is. It feet is. long. And so we went, looked at the dimensions in the Bible, 300 cubits, and right. we used a certain type of ancient cubit, and we think the ark may have been 510 feet long. Now think about it, uh, you being an Ohio State Buckeye fan, how long is a football field there? It's, uh, it's 300 feet long. This ark is much longer than Not a football field. Not quite two. Certainly more than one, almost yeah. two football fields long. It's immense. It's jaw-droppingly big, that arc. Now, how did that begin? I mean, the, the, the Creation Museum was up, running, doing incredibly well, uh, exceeding expectations. Yes. This is such a huge project. It worked, I don't know whether you know, but how many millions of dollars? What prompted the arc? Yeah. Well, walk us through how this came, became from dream to reality. Well, even before the Creation Museum opened in 2007, it had been all designed, hadn't yet opened. And we thought, okay, uh, our feasibility studies indicate that the museum will probably have a very, very good attendance. And God mm-hmm. has blessed it beyond. What, when, we, when we designed this almost 20 years ago, we designed it for maybe 250,000 people a year to the museum. And we're getting, one year, I think, close to 600,000. Wow. And so the museum wow. has exceeded our expectations. Sure. But so before the museum opened, we thought, what could be next? We talked to our board in 2004, 
three years before the museum opened and said, how about we look into the possibility of doing another attraction, and should God bless the Creation Museum, then we could maybe build a full-size ark. In fact, many people, Bob, have been telling us before the museum opened, why don't you build the museum in the shape of Noah's Ark? And so we kept hearing that and hearing that, and and we did our own feasibility studies to indicate that if we built a full-size Noah's Ark, it should exceed the attendance, even at the Creation Museum. And which it has. Which it has. Double the attendance. I remember before you opened the Ark, local news had said, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, these people are nuts. They're expecting a million people a year. That is foolish. It is nonsense. You've exceeded that. You're, you're reaching a million people a year, correct? Yeah, well, well, well over a million. Although in 2020, when we had COVID, we were sure. shut down for three months. Right. So right. excluding that year, over a million people. And the blessing is this year, our attendance looks like it's going to be the highest ever. Uh, our March was our best month ever for the ARC and the museum. And we think there's a pent-up interest amongst people to get on the road again and travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can see today, it was a busy day here at the, very, uh, the Creation busy Museum. Impact. And there could have been several thousand at the Ark today. And so we believe that even though buses haven't resumed yet, a lot of people are reluctant during COVID to right. get on a bus with people they may not know. Right. And very, very few international visitors because of COVID. So even though we don't have many buses coming or international visitors, this is lining up, praise God, to be perhaps our best year ever for attendance at the Creation Museum and the Ark. What has surprised you most about the Ark that you just you just didn't expect? We had kind of high expectations in the sense right. that we had done our studies. We knew we would probably get What do you mean you did studies? You checked other arcs around the world? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, how did you do with your arc? Well, we do what are called feasibility studies. We hired someone at some expense to give us an idea of how many people might come. Who had evaluated a previous arc? No. <laughs> what, that's what I'm trying but to get still, at. You there, were in such unknown territory. Yeah. But we still had to kind of get an idea of how many people might come because it determines how many bathrooms you need, how much right, parking right. you need. So we have a, a parking lot of 4,000 spaces at the Ark Encounter. And 4,000 spaces mean you can handle maybe 10,000 people, mm-hmm. assuming you know, almost three people per car. Right. So you have to come up with some kind of a number, an educated guess, if you will. And you know what? There are some days we could have even more people coming to the ark. But the problem we're hearing time and time again, although the, the problem is being rectified, not enough hotel beds in the area. Right. That I've is heard the, that as well. That is the artificial cap of attendance, why we have yet to exceed 10,000 people. Hang tight. We're talking with Mark Loy. We need to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. I've got some more questions to ask Mark. Hang tight. You're listening to Bob Bernie Live from the Creation Museum. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.